0: anything and everything Disney I'm Angela and I'm Joan on today's episode we're gonna fix Disney World yes we're gonna
1: <laughs> I feel like that sounds so egotistical
0: it does that's why I said it like that so yeah. to come out it's like clickbait <laughs> clickbait for your ears no we're gonna talk through 10 maybe a couple bonus ones 10 uh, vital improvements we think Disney needs to make the Disney world immediately. Yes. Just to make it that much better. Not that Disney World's not great. Right. But just to make it that much better.
1: To improve overall customer experience.
0: That's a very good way to put it.
1: Thank you very much. I just thought of that off the top of my head. Maybe I have a marketing degree in my future.
0: Perhaps you do. <laughs> Perhaps you do there. But before we get into that, I want to cover the Disney news of the week. So over in Disneyland, Disney announced the dates for the return of the Oogie Boogie Bash. So that's going to be running select nights from September 6th through October 31st. It's going to run from 6 until 11 at night, but with that ticket, you'll actually be able to get into Disney California Adventure at 3, uh, and tickets run from $129 to $179. I actually think that's you know pretty reasonable for it. You know, last year, uh, Oogie Boogie Bash looked pretty awesome uh, over yeah. at Disneyland. They have a lot of villains out there. I know Agatha was there. I think they had said, um, so it seems <laughs> like it's it's very much like a party over there, like over in you know Disney World. It's much more, I think, geared around like trick or treating and things. Whereas Oogie Boogie Bash, um, I don't it just see it just seems like a lot of fun. It seems like like something I'd want to go to.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it also is because we know that it's a little bit less feasible for us to go over to Disneyland during that time of year. It makes it all the more appealing. We'll have to go sometime in the next several years because it does look like a lot of fun and i like seeing the villains
0: no definitely it is something i'd I'd like to try to get to it looks like a pretty cool after hours event Uh, over in disney world disney announced that they're going to be showing harmonious live as a special event uh, on june 21st on disney plus which i'm not sure why they picked harmonious but
1: (laughs) well didn't they already do um, I can't all, I can never even remember what it's called
0: Enchantment? Yeah. Well, they did both of them on YouTube. So this is kind of like their first entry into live events on Disney Plus. So this is kind of like the big news here. It's that they're going to be doing this as a live event on Disney Plus. They they've streamed stuff before on YouTube the first time they've, you know, had these fireworks shows and nighttime spectaculars, but this is going to be the first one on Disney Plus. It's going to be hosted by Adina Menzel. And then there's going to be special guests uh, all over the world. Again, I don't know why they picked Harmonious. I would have maybe liked to have seen, maybe, you know, do the return of Fantasmic or show me Disneyland Preach. Parish's show. It's yeah. you know, something I haven't seen before. Right. Um, but I think it's pretty cool. You know, Disney, again, is doing these live Tokyo events. Tokyo
1: Disney has so many shows that they could put yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I would love to see those. I know that these are like the iconic kind of shows, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anybody really like loves Harmonious and I feel like it's something that definitely is probably better experienced in person than on TV. So I'm interested to see what this looks like.
0: Yeah. I think that what it's is, is it's a live event. So it sounds like there's going to be musical guests Mm -hmm. and performances and things. So, you know, it's not just going to be the 15, 20 minutes of Harmonious. It's probably going to be an hour or two as they kind of, You know, spread this out and just get people watching, see if how many people actually tune in to a live event on Disney Plus. But yeah, I think it's going to be much more about the pomp and circumstance of it uh, than just what's going on with Harmonious.
1: I guess if I have nothing better to do, I'll tune in uh, just to see. Um, I I have a feeling that this is sort of the precursor to other live events that they're going to want to do. And so they're kind of testing it on this because it's sort of. Um, you know, like low pressure.
0: No, I, I definitely think this is a, a test that if it does well, if if people watch it, that we will see more live events, you know, more opportunities for different uh, nighttime shows. All right. And the last thing I want to mention, Adventures by Disney released probably the most incredible trip they've ever done. It's a 24-day trip around the world. You get to go to every Disney park. You have a private plane flying you around. The price tag, if you can afford it, is only $110,000 a person, which actually makes the other adventure by Disney trip seem reasonably priced by comparison because you're getting like a week for maybe $10,000. And this is, you know, you're getting seven to maybe eight days for $10,000. And this is $24,000 for $110,000. But it's pretty crazy. I mean, only 75 people... Um, we'll be on it, which I did the math, and it works out. If if they sell out, it's like $8.2 million they make oh, in this Oh, wow. So they're definitely making money.
1: It, I'm going to take our life savings and go on this trip and yeah, also quit my job because yeah, I'm going to have to do that, I think,
0: too. Well, it's ne- It's in the summer, so it's July. Oh, okay. It's basically the month of uh, July that you're going on this.
1: Okay. Well, no, no job quitting needed.
0: It's an interesting tour because a, a lot of the adventures by Disney are going to places and seeing things in those places, like going to uh, Europe or Africa or Asia or something like that, this is very much geared towards, I feel like, people who are fans of the parks Mm -hmm. and of Disney. Because the the whole thing is you get to go to every Disney theme park and a lot of the experiences are super VIP, behind-the-scenes things that you would never be able to do normally. So basically every park you get either some sort of VIP tour or like in the case of uh, Tokyo Disney, you're going to Tokyo Disney Sea with Walt Disney Imagineering.
1: (laughs) I thought you were going to say that with Walt Disney. I'm like, wow, that is really VIP. Yeah,
0: (laughs) You get to go with Walt Disney Imagineering. You get to tour Lucasfilm's campus. You stay at Skywalker Ranch. You get to tour Walt Disney Studios. You get a a private uh, ride on the monorail back to like the shop where they work on the monorail. So there's a lot of a lot around this around Disney, but you know, outside of that, there's not many places you're going to see. You do get to see the Taj Mahal, you do get to see the pyramids, which is pretty awesome. But that's it. Mm. Like those are kind of the only things you're seeing outside of Disney and some other some other excursions, but it's very much geared towards the parks.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because this isn't it ha- it's a different kind of deep dive. So what from what I've been able to figure out about you know looking into adventures by Disney and even you know us kind of booking the one to Portugal that we're going to be going on here, what I kind of enjoy about it is they do seem to kind of give you a little bit more of a deep dive into a country than you would get if you were to travel there on your own. You know, neither of us speaks Portuguese. We could go to Portugal. We know we're going to be handled. We know that we're gonna they're gonna take us to good restaurants. We know we didn't have to figure this stuff out for ourselves and some of the things that we're going to do are a little touristy but some of the things that we are going to be doing are I feel like less touristy and a little bit more like getting in touch with the culture and that's you know kind of the special special sauce of an adventure by Disney so This takes that kind of flips it on its head and you get the special sauce as far as the parks are concerned, but not so much with the world experience, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like this is in a similar vein to the one they did a few years ago where you went to Africa with Joe Rohde. And so, I mean, one, you get to go to Africa. So it is a little bit different because you were spending time there. To your point, you're doing more of a deeper dive. But it cost a lot more than just their regular trip to Africa because Joe Rody was there. So, yeah. you know, the the sell of that was you get to be with Joe Rody and he kind of walks you through his process. his process and everything. And I think this is, again, for the ultimate like fan of the parks. I will say, I think it's a big miss spending $110,000 a person, by the way. So, if you're going with your family, <laughs> you know, family of four, you're dropping close to half a million dollars, which where are these or, people or you
1: draw you draw straws and only one of you gets to go I mean,
0: where are these people to have this would they like to sponsor us yeah to go on a few adventures by disney <laughs> i'll take of, and
1: one i mean i i i'm not gonna be greedy here i'll if take you one. got one
0: hundred and ten thousand hundred and ten thousand to drop but but yeah. but whatever but but you're spending that much money and you don't get to see the cinderella castle suite
1: Ooh, i mean that that
0: seems to be a, a big miss now maybe that's You know, not advertised, maybe that is something you're gonna do. But they do mention you get kind of like a private safari at Animal Kingdom, I think, with one of the keepers or, you know, somebody that that works at Animal Kingdom. You do get these, uh, you know, Imagineering tours, you do get these VIP tours, but it didn't say anything about seeing Cinderella Castle. And I would think it's only 75 people, you don't have to sleep over there, but just visiting there, if I'm paying $110,000, like just take me up the elevator. Give me fifteen minutes. Yeah. you know, like that's something that, and maybe they do it because they they've always kind of said that's something that money can't buy. Yeah, that you have it's some sort of giveaway. You have to win it, something like that. But that's the sleepover there. I mean, to a certain extent, I think money can buy you to go look at it. You know, so that <laughs> that that seems probably the know. one thing that's missing.
1: I do like the idea that they are preserving at least that they're not selling out that particular thing
0: again they're not selling out staying over i'm sure there's a lot of people a lot of celebrities that have gone up there to see it you're right and maybe you can't i mean stay over there if i'm
1: tom hanks and i say hey i want to go see the cinderella suite i don't know what that like i don't know what that is they're letting tom hanks see it yeah absolutely
0: but that's one thing but no it 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 looks phenomenal i mean it sounds great again as somebody who's a fan of the parks a fan of imagineering it seems like some incredible experiences but for hundred ten thousand dollars, that's a lot a lot of money.
1: Do you think that all of the CEOs of Disney have seen the Cinderella suite? Like do you think that like Bob Iger during his tenure as CEO just like maybe never saw it? Like what's the what are the chances? Like what how many percent do you think?
0: I I imagine every CEO has been up there since it's been built. I imagine they've all been up there. You think? I I think so. Yeah. Definitely. Cuz
1: I feel like they have so much to do they might forget and then miss their opportunity cuz that would be what I would do. I would be so cut like caught up in the nuts and the bolts of the running the company that i would forget about the cinderella suite and then i'd get out of it and i'd be like oh no i missed my opportunity that would happen
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) all right all right moving on to our main segment this week so we are talking about 10 vital improvements we think that disney needs to make immediately to improve the guest experience over at walt disney world so we're going to start with the first one and i think this is wait wait you're starting with the first one Now, I'm going to start in the middle. (laughs) So the first one we're going to start with is that they need to add either more top-tier attractions or just build out capacity in general. And I think it's more so the latter than anything. I mean, yes, more top-tier attractions is really what kind of wows people. But I think more than that is just building out capacity. So I would actually be in favor of a few lesser-tier attractions that boosts capacity more than just like a Tron or or Guardians of the Galaxy. Because those rides take five to six years to build. And while they're great and while they do you know, draw crowds, their capacity is maybe only a few thousand an hour. And if you're drawing a lot more crowds, it's really not going to help. Whereas what Disney needs is they need a few attractions that draw a couple thousand people an hour. And they need them quickly because the, the parks are so crowded now – and the rides aren't as reliable as they used to be. And whenever they're building these new attractions, that takes up a lot of space. Sometimes they rip out old attractions to build them. And they just don't have the capacity. And I think that's what some of the problem is with the crowds in general, but also with Genie Plus and the lightning lanes, because they don't have the capacity to move people around enough that lightning lanes go quickly or You know, the rides that have lightning lanes, they can't move enough people through because there's not enough rides to dissipate the crowd. So I really think they need to do whatever they can to kind of build attractions out and and really up the capacity in the parks.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Our next one is that they need better food in the Magic Kingdom. And Joe and I have talked about this before, how we do feel like the Magic Kingdom food misses the mark. Pretty much every other park has really good quick service and also really good sit-down service restaurants that we enjoy going to frequently. But the Magic Kingdom is a giant black hole for us as far as really delicious food. You know, you get a lot of your basic theme park food at Magic Kingdom, which I'm sure is definitely a little bit of a family plea. I know that Magic Kingdom tends to be where people first take their kids, but I don't think they would be hurt in the least by adding a few more top tier restaurants that aren't even necessarily character experiences because that's another thing the Magic Kingdom does well is they have the character meals. But I want a place I can go and get a really delicious, you know, sandwich or something that's a little bit more high brow than obviously a sandwich because it lacks that. So I think that, you know, talking about crowds and stuff, if we added some more places that people could eat, and I think that would also help get people kind of, you know, sitting down, enjoying their food and out of the rides and out of the lines.
0: No, definitely. And and the next one, just to kind of keep on this theme here of crowds, we promise not all of these (laughs) <laughs> are around crowds and crowds management, but kind of going on, you know, the idea of, you know, building out capacity, like I mentioned, a lot of the problem is rides are down often. Disney needs to invest some money in fixing some of their existing attractions. So yep. they've, they've put a lot of money and time into building these top tier attractions. And I think that's another reason why I almost think not building another top tier attraction is okay, because it, it, it consumes so many resources that you kind of can't then fix some of the existing rides. So, I, I mean, you look at Dinosaur, There's there's been a lot of reports that people have ridden Dinosaur lately and none of the animatronics work in Dinosaur. That actually, you know, the, the one at the end uh, where you get your photo, that dinosaur is not even there anymore and they have a dinosaur head on a stick <gasps> on the other side. So you, so you now are looking away from the photo and you don't even get a good photo because you're not looking in the right direction. But but some people have said that you know no animatronics are working, and the fact that that ride's still running, and yeah. there's no animatronics working, it's like either you know fix it or or uh, you know there's been talk that they're going to turn it into Indiana Jones do that. So there, there's a lot of a lot of things around that. There's been you know Spaceship Earth has constantly been talked about that you know maybe it's going to get a redo. Like they need to put some money. and They need to make these rides more reliable. Because, again, are you going to want to ride Dinosaur if you hear nothing works on it?
1: Right. and it. I mean, again, talking about the overall guest satisfaction, if you spend your money and you take your family to go see Disney World for the one time that you're going to take them during their childhood and you go and there's a dinosaur head on a stick or one of the guns on Rise won't fire and move back and forth like it's supposed to, it is going to seem like, wow, this park doesn't really care about me and my family because if they did everything would work. I paid so much money to come here. And so this is something that, I mean, it's a no brainer. And I, I agree with you as far as, you know, instead of adding and spending tons of money and resources on one new ride, say, okay, we're going to distribute and disperse our Imagineers and our team to go through, we'll work on something small over here, um, maybe a new ride. But over there, we're going to fix all of the problems that we have, because it does seem like this occurs a lot more in Disney World than it does in Disneyland. And so it, it kind of almost seems like there's an attitude of, well, it's a given, we're going to have the people anyway. So why do we have to worry about, you know, fixing this up and making it the best it possibly could be.
0: And they have a lot more attractions and space to cover in Disney World, obviously, than they do yes. Disneyland. So it is harder to keep everything up to date. I, I think what they should have done is they should have done what they did when the Donald Duck animatronic broke on the three caballeros. <laughs> I think they need to put, instead of putting the dinosaur on a stick, put it on a fern. Do just like yeah. what they did when, when Donald Duck was gone. They threw that fern out there and put a sombrero on him. Nobody knew the difference. Yeah. That's what they need it's to do true. on dinosaur. See, if you do something like that and you make it comical, mm-hmm. I would like that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Don't just put it on a stick. Nothing else works make it funny
1: or get like a get one of your animators to draw a funny face and put a piece of like paper over its face area and then every day it's let's see what new face is on this thing i mean there's so there's creative ways they could do it so that people you know that would spur instagram accounts and things like that i mean it would actually
0: cause people to ride it more right exactly especially especially a ride like dinosaur which you know i kind of see probably in disney's mind dinosaur is not a popular attraction it it is kind of showing its age there has been talk that they're gonna again maybe all of that area is gonna get redone to zootopia or indiana jones or something so hey we, we kind of don't want to put a ton of money in it there's not a lot of people on it but you could do something like that and make it popular again i will say wh- one other quick i hope th- they
1: never touch dinosaur <laughs> i love dinosaur That's, i had to throw my hat in the ring for that love this ride i will be so mad if they make it indiana jones or do anything else with it i love this ride i think it's fun
0: w- one other thing though uh to your point with uh, Rise of the Resistance, like the cannon not working. I think something like that isn't as noticeable because you could very easily think like.
1: It's just a showpiece. Yeah, it's
0: just a showpiece. Mm-hmm. Maybe that one's not supposed to fire, but they have been having issues with like the Kylo Ren animatronic, which is much more noticeable. But like something like Dinosaur, again, I go back to where if none of the animatronics work, it does kind of seem like. You're missing something, you know that that is much more Mm -hmm. noticeable. Or a dinosaur head kind of on a stick that's much more noticeable than just like one small piece not working in an attraction. Seems
1: like a it's like a child's toy, you know how like you put like a horse head on a stick and then you get to ride it, yeah, like a dinosaur head on a stick, yeah. (laughs) Okay, another thing that I personally am a huge advocate for is better use of their IP on their merch. You know, when every time I go into the Disney parks stores. I am always blown away by the lack of use of their IP. So a lot of times, you know, you'll see there's always, you know, beautiful spirit jerseys that have Disney scrolled across the back, but you don't see character on a ton of shirts. There's a, um, I think the Wonderful World of Disney sh- store, they do have some shirts that have character on them, but not as much as you would think. And, you know, housewares, like I would love something to cook with that ham was on from from Toy Story. or I mean, there's just so many things. They have so many characters. And I would just love to see that make its way onto more of their merch because it would make me want to buy more. Another thing that I think is really important for the parks is there needs to be more heat relief in pretty much all of them, except for Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom covers this pretty well. There needs to be more shade and fans. And also, if you put the fans in places where there's not a lot of shade, it might help, too. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a weirdo that gets really cold very easily. So that's more for me than anybody else.
0: No, I, I definitely agree. And I think this is becoming more and more important because it seems like it's just hotter mm-hmm. all the time in Orlando. Um, I mean, when we were there beginning of April, I wasn't expecting yeah. it to be that warm. And it was already like 80 or 90 degrees every yeah, day. Like yeah, it was like 90. It really hot. It gets very hot in the sun. And a lot of the parks, like if you think of Epcot, I mean, you're basically just out in concrete the whole time. Same with Magic Kingdom. Like you said, Animal Kingdom, you know, has some shading, but a lot of them are, you're kind of just out in the open when you have all those people, you have the heat. It, it does make for kind of a miserable experience sometimes if yeah. it gets if it gets really warm out there. And so, yeah, I think, you know, thinking about better ways to shade or cool queue areas or outdoor areas i think anything they can do and that's something that's easy to do i mean putting up some shading is very simple or putting up like they do have in in epcot kind of over by test track they have like misters and things and it's kind of like in the kids play area so they can run through that but even something like that where hey i can just walk through a mister and, and just kind of cool off and i imagine you know that's something that they could make that are mobile so if it's warm they could bring them out and just have a couple areas that you could kind Mm -hmm. of walk through and stay cool. And then that way, if it's not very hot out that day or, you know, it's overcast, it's rainy, you don't have to bring them out. So I think you could have that flexibility there. Or
1: they make it a part of the decoration. I mean, you know, you put an arch going into a particular place, particular land, but then the arches actually have misters built into them that they can turn on. Something like that. I mean, I know that probably not everybody would want to get wet, but... Uh, you could probably make it so that only one side does it, so that you know if you're maybe a, in a automated wheelchair or something, you can go through and not have your wheelchair get wet, because I can imagine that would be a big problem as well. I think that there's ways for them to do this that they can kind of you know creatively solve that problem. And again, if you're going to Disney and then you get a horrible, horrible sunburn, as I have multiple times going there it's going to lessen your enjoyment of it and make you want to not go back. So I think it's important.
0: I feel Um, like you should have learned your lesson.
1: Well, the first time... Multiple times. The first time, I was not really (laughs) fully responsible for myself. I was nine. The second time, it was because of... It was because of... um, Bad sunscreen, so it wasn't.
0: No, I know. Yeah, it wasn't that. But all yeah. right, so we, we were halfway through, so we are on to our our sixth reason here, and and I think I'll, this is one a lot of people will agree with is that they need to have less focus on your phone. It seems like mm-hmm. everything Disney does is it's on the app, it's moving to your phone. You now need to check for Genie Plus. You need to constantly be you know trying to book your Genie Plus reservations, your Lightning Lane reservations. They have the Disney Parks Play app, so. If you're in the queue, hey, just play on your phone. We're not going to make the queues as interactive. Everything seems to be on your phone now. We've talked a little bit about this that you know we worry that the more they push you to your phone, the less they have to put into things like theming yep. and making the queues interactive and making the queues interesting yep. because there's hey everybody's on their phone. We don't need to spend money on this. Nobody's yeah. going to look at it anyways. I, I just I think that's to a detriment of the parks, and I think it's something that we've talked about that we don't really you don't go on vacation to like be on your phone the whole time you right. you want to enjoy where you are and you kind of want to be in the moment and you want to be kind of disconnected and not more attached to your phone
1: it gets a little bit into the ready player one realm where you're thinking you know you want to live in the real world in the moment you're on a vacation so why would you want to be attached to your phone in like a digital universe when you're surrounded by cool stuff all around you so i think that yeah this is really important i mean if they want to put it on a couple rides that's fine But I know that one of the first times I ever went to Disney without like, and I didn't take my phone with me and had no bag or anything. I loved it because I was so much more observant and enjoyed it so much more thoroughly.
0: Yeah. And, and that's a good point. Like ready player one, because you know, augmented reality, virtual reality is coming, you know, the metaverse, everything like that. And Disney Mm -hmm. has already kind of talked that they're thinking about that. So you know, if you add augmented reality into the parks, you're just going to be on your phone more. I will say, you know, even with this, it is still very possible to spend a day without your phone. If you have a magic band, you can, you know, you have your tickets, you can pay for everything on there. But again, then you miss out on, you can't use Lightning Lane. You can't use Genie Plus. You can't do those other things that are, you know, potentially very important. So if you're somebody, it's you know, kind
1: of like when we ran the race without our phones yeah, on us. Yeah, you missed out, we yeah, missed you out. Missed out on
0: pictures. Um, but yeah, so f- for like us, we can maybe take a day and it's like, we don't need Genie Plus. We're just going to go ride whatever we can ride. But even that, you can't really check wait times then you know, without your phone. like You, you need your All phone right. to a certain extent. They do have those wait time boards, but it's kind of even hard to, to tell where you want to go next. So it's possible, but you do have to be willing to just Kind of go with the flow for a day yeah. to not have your phone uh, at all.
1: So another thing that you know kind of goes along with the adding more shading is there also needs to be more water bottle filling stations around the parks. So if you think about it really, like if you are somebody who does bring their own water bottle, um, we tend to do that or we buy a bottle of water and then we continuously refill it. Hollywood Studios and Galaxy's Edge has one very easy to find right in the marketplace. Animal Kingdom, there is one in the line for Flight of Passage. And I think there's one somewhere else as well. But I don't think there's really one in Epcot, none in the Magic Kingdom. And so... Again, this is just something you know, you want your guests to have a good time to enjoy themselves. You don't want them to get dehydrated. Now, of course, you can always walk up to vendors and ask for cups of water, and that is absolutely okay. But, you know, it is kind of nice just to have water on hand. So, if you're standing in line somewhere, or if you're thinking hey I'm not really that thirsty but I should take a sip it's been a while and it's really hot outside because you tend if you have to go ask for it you're going to tend to wait until you're actually thirsty and then you're already de- dehydrated.
0: Yeah, I feel like it reminds people more too because you can use there's there's plenty of water fountains like in the Magic Kingdom, just regular water fountains and and you could, you know, refill from that but it's kind of more difficult. The water bottle filling stations are much nicer and You know people like them because you mentioned the one in in Galaxy's Edge. There's always a line for that one. Yes. There every time we go, there is always a line of four or five people there filling one or two water bottles. Like people know it's there. People go seek it out because it is so much easier to use than trying to fill up. You know, I hate when you use this a regular water fountain because you kind of have to like tilt your water bottle. You can never fully fill it up. Like it, it fills up slow. You can never fully fill it up. You don't want the water bottle to touch in where the water goes because you're like is that dirty like there's always just something kind of icky about it the water bottle filling stations are so much nicer and and yeah every wherever they are there's always a ton of people using them
1: yeah but and that one in galaxy's edge i mean you know we were talking about how they sometimes don't incorporate things very well like they could do a mister well that is a great example of really good imagineering where they made a water bottle filling station but they have like an actual like fun thing behind it where they have that creature in the tube. you have
0: the alien in the water, yeah. which that makes you wonder, do I want to drink this water? <laughs> but who knows? So, all right, the, the next one. So number eight is they need to expand the Skyliner. So the Skyliner is a great mode of transportation. We love it. We talk about it all the time. We try to take it all the time. It's a great reason to stay at Pop Century or Art of Animation because those hotels uh, can be a little bit cheaper than some of the other hotels, but you have a great mode of transportation because you can take the Skyliner to Epcot or Hollywood Studios. You know, in the same way, it'd be great if they could expand the monorail, but it seems like that's going to be too costly to do. I think the Skyliner has uh, a much better chance of getting expanded, and that's something they need to expand. I think having something go to uh, Animal Kingdom for sure would be great and Disney Springs because Disney Springs, it's very difficult to get to.
1: They're both pretty out of the way.
0: They are. At least with Animal Kingdom, you can take a bus from the other parks. So any hotel or park goes to Animal Kingdom. It is out of the way, but at least all the buses go there. If you want to go to Disney Springs, it's very difficult to go to, especially if you're in a park because you have to take a bus from the park to a hotel Mm -hmm. and then a hotel to Disney Springs. And then if you want to go back, you have to go the other way there's no you can't just say hey i'm in uh, epcot today i want to go to lunch at disney springs you have to go back to a hotel and then and then over to disney springs it's very difficult to get there and i feel like adding a skyliner uh, to both of those would make them more accessible and i think having more options for transportation is always better as well
1: this actually had me thinking so disney springs is kind of far away it feels like from everything else what would be the hotel? So if we're sitting, we're in a park somewhere. What would probably be the optimum hotel that's closest to Disney Springs that would provide the shortest bus ride?
0: You'd want to go to uh, Port Orleans because you can actually take a boat. Oh. So if you go to if you go to Port Orleans, you can take a boat from uh, Port Orleans to Disney Springs. Uh, so that that is right there. That's the closest uh, resort to Disney Springs, and that's probably. Your best option.
1: Yeah, why have we never done that?
0: I think when we've gone, we've either tried to go to Disney Springs. Like we've stopped at our hotel for some reason first. We've never yeah. necessarily gone directly. I mean, the other thing you can do is take a lift. We've done minivans a lot, mm-hmm. you know, directly to there. That's that's a way to go from uh, a park to Disney Springs. But yeah, I think if if you don't want to stop back at your hotel and you want to go kind of the quickest way possible. Uh, I would take a bus to Port Orleans. I think the other option is, you know, if you're at Hollywood Studios or you're at Epcot, you could take the Skyliner to Caribbean Beach because the Skyliner is a very quick way than perhaps waiting for the bus to go to, you know, any of the hotels. Yeah. So you could quickly take the Skyliner to Caribbean Beach and then just, you know, get off at Caribbean Beach and take a bus to Disney Springs. That's probably a pretty quick option as well. But like, yeah, if you're at like Animal Kingdom. <laughs> or you're at, you know, Magic Kingdom something like that. You're probably best, you know, try to get a bus to Port Orleans and then just take, you know, a nice relaxing boat ride uh, over to Disney Springs
1: so another thing that they could really do to improve overall guest satisfaction is to bring back the luggage service from the airport. I don't even necessarily need my own transportation. I mean, I'd be willing to book an Uber or whatever to, to do that. And when I say I, I really mean Joe, I have nothing to do with this. I cannot claim that I have anything to do with this.
0: You, but you just go, tell me what time we have to leave. Yep. Exactly. When I have to be on the plane and then that's it. Yeah. I don't have everything else. I don't have to worry about anything. Yep. Yep.
1: My plan is you. You are my plan.
0: (laughs) That's every trip. (laughs) I want to go here. I don't care how I get there. How it happens. You just tell me where to be and I'll be there. I'm
1: a very lucky woman. I I recognize this. So anyway, I would really like this though, because I do think that we haven't really had the situation yet because we haven't stayed really long since they've gotten rid of the magic express we usually now plan to only take a carry on and that way we don't have to stay back and wait for our luggage or anything. But again, if we're going for a longer trip, you're going to need more clothes or if we're going during the winter, when there actually might be some weather that you have to contend with longer pants, longer, um, you know, just bulkier clothes in general.
0: You might need a jacket, something like that. Right.
1: So, you know, this definitely, I'm always so anxious when I get to the Orlando airport, like, always really excited to get in and get out so i can get to disney so having that hindrance is you know it it just it would be so much better without it
0: i completely agree with you i think the the best part of the magical express was the luggage service yeah i mean i i can definitely i, I enjoyed the free transportation i mean that was great yeah. don't get me wrong but if you told me i could only keep one of those if we're doing of like you can, you can only, only keep one, one. yeah I, i'm i'm keeping The luggage transfer service versus the transportation because and we've talked about this you know especially going back you have to leave three hours early it's probably a little bit too aggressive in leaving yeah if you took the magical express if you took an Uber you can leave a little bit later but having that luggage service uh, was great for all the reasons you mentioned and I do think it it makes even more sense when you leave because you could get up in the morning check your luggage and then you're basically done I mean actually. It would actually be even better to not have the magical express and have the luggage service because what you could almost do is wake up in the morning, check all your luggage, go to the parks, and then just leave from the parks to the airport. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even need to come back. That is, if you didn't have a carry on that you needed, that you, you know, if you had a carry on, you had to go back for, obviously, but maybe you just have a backpack, you take that in the parks with you. That's all you need. And then you can just leave from the parks and go straight to the airport. So I I definitely think, and I hope Disney's working on bringing this back.
1: The only thing that scares me about doing that is what if they forget
0: (laughs) that they leave your luggage? But I mean, before when it was Magical Express, it wasn't like it was on the bus with you. Yeah, that's they, true. They transported it up, so I mean, you, that's you, true. you always ran that risk. Um, before I never actually thought of that before. But you're right that that is a potential. We never had an issue, so it wasn't a problem. Yeah, that is a potential. But I, yeah, I think it's it potentially be better. Yeah, you check all your stuff. You take you know, a backpack with your you know, carry on items you need, and that way you can just leave from the parks, and you have even more time uh, to do that. It's interesting because you know, looking at France because we're planning to go to to disneyland paris they actually have a luggage service um and Hmm. so they have a a train so you can take uh, a train from the airport to disneyland and what they do is when you get at the train station and it costs extra but you can drop your luggage off and they'll take it to your your hotel room for you so you don't have to walk from the train station to the hotel with your luggage and then when you leave you kind of give them your luggage and then you just pick it up at the train station. So they kind of do that transport from the train station to your hotel back and forth to you. And I I kind of think, you know, there's talk of them building that train from the Orlando airport down to I think Disney Springs. I could see something similar to that cuz people were talking about that of okay, well, if I take a train to Disney Springs, then I got to grab my luggage and I got to go on a bus and it's going to be a lot it's going to be difficult. Yeah. I could see Disney maybe doing something like what they do in Paris where you get to the the Disney Springs train station, you just give Disney your luggage, they take it to your hotel for you and then you, know, you take a bus or whatever you need to do and then coming back and that way you don't have to kind of lug your luggage back and forth.
1: And our 10th thing that we think that they need to do immediately is to make Disney World more like Disneyland. Our last trip to Disneyland, we just noticed how many things seem to be plussed, you know, little extra touches just going a little bit above and beyond uh, on the attractions to just make them a little bit better, a little bit maybe newer or just have a little bit extra to keep your eye out for. And whenever you kind of go back to Disney World, you're like, oh, well, they didn't have those extra scenes or it didn't look quite as fluid or as nice as it did in Disneyland. So I think that they need to add those little extra Touches because it seems like customer service and satisfaction is really prioritized there, as far as you know, again, like the rides being really tip top shape and everything. And I'm sure that has something to do with the Imagineers having operated out of California for all those years. It's probably easy for them to just throw extra things into those rides, and that's Waltz Park. But I mean, Disney World is also, I'm sure, more their cash cow,
0: yeah. And I think, you know, going off of this, like you said, they they. Add little details. They plus a little bit more. They also do a lot more holiday overlays. And yes. I know the reason they don't do that in Walt Disney World is because, like we talk about, people. It's a lot of times it's their you know once in a lifetime trip. It's it's their trip they're going to. They're not going to be back for another five years. And so you don't want to go there and have Haunted Mansion be closed for two months because they're converting it over to the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion. They are able to to convert the the Jungle Cruise to the Jingle Cruise. But I would like them to maybe find a way to do some more overlays where they don't have to close the attractions for an extended period of time. Like I kind of feel like space mountain, you should be able to quickly be able to do something there that maybe it's closed for a week or, you know, like I I think there's a a happy medium there where they can add some more overlays without closing the attractions for such a long period of time.
1: And even, you know, they can decorate for holidays overnight. And we've mentioned this before, but the 50th anniversary, you know, decorations seem to be the, de- the castle looks beautiful, but it doesn't seem to be pervasive throughout the park. And Disney World is their flagship. I mean, it is their most popular park throughout the world. And so you would think that it would be really obvious and big and exaggerated because it's Disney World.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of one of our our bonus ones. We have a couple bonus ones here. So, like you mentioned, the fiftieth, it, it does seem a little bit understated. So, I think they could add some more. Now, they don't have much time left in the fiftieth uh, here, so this would be something they would have to do rather quickly. But I think they could do some more, add a little bit of special touches, make it a little bit more overt that it is a celebration going on. Yeah, you know, right now I think they kind of missed. Uh, the boat on that one a little bit. Uh, and then our, our second bonus one. So you got 12 here just because we could not keep it to 10. <laughs> so but this last one, and I think uh, for me, this is probably one of the biggest things they can do is dropping the 2pm park hopping requirement. I understand the park pass reservation system, and I'm willing to keep that in place because I understand they want to know where people are going to be. But I think at this point, the fact that you have to wait until two o'clock to park hop is is what's most frustrating i'm fine with with saying hey i'm going to be at magic kingdom this day i'm going to be at epcot this day but i don't want to have to wait five or six hours until i can go to another park i think if they open that up where you could park hop and maybe you have to be it's two hours after park opening so it's it's some period of time you just can't walk in and immediately park hop you have a couple hours i think that kind of improves satisfaction and i think it makes people less concerned about the park pass reservation system. But the biggest reason for me is it's like, let's say you go to a park. I'm going to go to Hollywood studios today and you walk in and it's super crowded. There's a ton of people there. Again, you can maybe ride a ride or two in the first few hours of the day, but then if it's so crowded that you can't ride anything else, but you can't escape. Yeah. You can't escape it, but Epcot's not that crowded or like animal kingdom's not that crowded. Again, you have to wait five or six hours until you can park hop and you're missing out on so much opportunity at those other parks
1: and also i mean this would help disney too because you know if you have one park that's completely overloaded and other parks that aren't it's not like they aren't employing people to work at those other parks you know and it's not like they can't divert crowds over there either so it would really help because then you people if there's more people over in animal kingdom say animal kingdom's empty more people are going to be buying merch over there. More people are going to be buying food over there. Because if I personally see a line, a really long line, or I try to get a book of time to eat and I it's four hours from now and I'm hungry now, I'm going to get frustrated and leave. And then that's not what they want. That's not a situation they want because then they're not getting any of my money. And I'm mad. So, I mean, all in all, I think that that 2 p.m. requirement that they have, I, I think it needs at least they have to move it back a few hours um, because I think that 2 p.m. is a little bit too late. And, you know, if you have somebody who plans like Joe and he constantly is checking like, oh, what are the what's the level for the parks right now? Oh, well, Hollywood Studios is only at a two, but we're in a one that's a nine. You know, obviously then we would just leave and come back at a different time, but we can't.
0: Yeah, I, I think that Disney will ease this up soon, or maybe that's just wishful thinking, but <laughs> I, I see this potentially as this could get eased before the park pass reservation system gets eased. So I I see them keeping the reservation system because I do think they like that of knowing where people are going to be, when they're going to be there. But I I think that they could ease up on the park hopping requirement. Because again, I, I think if you do that, I think people aren't as concerned much about the reservation system anyways. If they can you know, pretty quickly go to a different park. It doesn't who really cares what your first park of the day is you go there. If again, in a couple hours, it's too crowded, you just leave, it's not that big a deal. You're not really locking yourself into that much. If if you can kind of very quickly park up versus now where it's basically half your day, you're kind of sticking to that park, which does make it frustrating of having to say what park you're going to be at any given day. So all right, so that wraps up our list. So you got 10 uh, plus two bonus ones. So we had 12 improvements. We think. Disney can make to improve Disney World right now. We would love to hear what your thoughts are. What's the one thing you would love to see Disney fix or change or improve at Walt Disney World right now head over to our Facebook page Enchanted Ears let us know over there you could also head over to our website EnchantedEars.com you can reach out to us there we'd love to hear everybody's opinion I want to thank everybody again for listening this week if you've not done so leave us a rating or a review subscribe wherever you get your podcast it really helps and we really appreciate it
1: thank you for letting us your ears have a great
0: week everybody and we'll see you here next Monday Bye bye.